So this is a little Bonnie and Maud episode we're calling a Bonbon. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Ksenia Yarosh. And as sort of an addendum to our B-movie discussion of the last episode. And uh, a sort of a treat in between the more extended episodes. We wanted to talk a bit more about B-movies in response to a documentary we watched called Papatopoulos. And that's Papatopoulos as in pop your top off, uh, not like dadtopoulos. Yeah, this follows the filmmaking career of uh, Jim Wynorski, a mm-hmm. famed B-movie director of over 75 films that have been distributed in many countries abroad and yes. I've made him a cult figure. I'm mostly just familiar with Chopping Mall. Some of our audience might be more familiar with his work. <laughs> he also directed under a number of pseudonyms, including Jay Andrews. But in this documentary, directed by Clay Westervelt, it follows Wynorski as he is shooting um, his next low-budget thriller, mm-hmm. The Witches of Brestwick, Brestwick, in three days. And sort of the hijinks and what it's actually like to be on set with him. And um, at some point, this is somewhat late in his career, he seemed to realize that he could save money by hiring porn actresses for his lead roles because what he's asking them to do is essentially the same except with simulated sex as opposed to actual sex. And I guess it's more challenging to find quote-unquote real, I guess, non-porn Sag actresses. Yes, non-porn actresses who are willing to take their top off or simulate sex for an affordable rate. Yeah, so that made us wonder, how is this kind of low-budget filmmaking different from porn? And why is it important to guys like Jim Wynorski that they make a film with a story instead of straight pornography. I think it all goes back to his love for B-movies of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. In essence, he's doing a tribute to Roger Corman and even Andy Sedaris, but it just seems impractical (laughs) when people can just find regular pornography instead of looking at something where there are breasts exposed, but there's also this elaborate story about witches. I guess maybe we're getting to a bit of a deeper question, which is why do people prefer to watch softcore films as opposed to hardcore pornography? Mm -hmm. Is it that there's a story? Is it that there's other elements? There's action. There's maybe comedy. Mm -hmm. There's maybe good lighting Mm -hmm. or... In, in good the past, directing, good acting. In the past, when I thought of softcore pornography, I always thought of women as the audience because women perhaps want to see some sexuality with a deeper story without actually seeing the penetration, at least generally speaking. But the movies that he makes are definitely directed at men. Mm-hmm. How, how can we tell that it's for men? There doesn't appear to be that much female pleasure at least in the sex scenes as portrayed by the documentary. There's no romance. It mostly focuses on the assets of the women's bodies, Mm -hmm. um, their submission to the one man on set, Mm -hmm. the one actor. At least that's what I think of. Their seduction. I didn't necessarily see them as submissive. It's similarly exploitative as um, other exploitation or sexploitation films. And... I guess the big difference with, say, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, the Andy Sedaris film that we recently discussed, there's not the badass girl with a gun, at least in The Witches of Brestwick. We didn't see the finished product. We haven't watched The Witches of Brestwick yet. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have it in me. 
I don't know if I do either. It doesn't seem as much fun. It doesn't seem like there's quite as much humor and silliness and action as yeah. in a Sedaris film. From the, the little dialogue that we heard, it wasn't as complex or interesting as the Sedaris writing, as goofy and, I don't know, sometimes airheaded as Sedaris's dialogue is. There's more to it than Witches of Brestwick. <laughs> Maybe that's the main thing that separates actual porn from a B-movie is that Mm -hmm. you have the breasts, you have the nudity, you have sort of the female submission, but there's also the action movie. So it's like you get this great action film, which maybe you're going for for entertainment value, and Mm -hmm. you're lucky enough to get some breasts thrown in there as well. I guess you just have to keep that balance before it tips the scales too far in one direction. And it seemed like... I'm just seeing breasts on scales (laughs) when you say that. I'm sure there is a B-movie with that image in it somewhere. It seems like Jim Wynorski also has trouble himself, um, both convincing his his minimal crew and his actresses where that line is between doing something that they feel is truly exploitative and doing sort of like a silly romp picture. Mm -hmm. The most interesting scenes in the documentary were definitely where the women speak directly to the camera and talk about their experience working with him and working on that specific movie. My favorite scene is where Julie K. Smith talks about the porn actress who is on set because Julie has worked with Jim in the past and she feels like this is a sign that things are going downhill. Julie is a trained actress as she keeps repeating, which... Mostly B-movies. Yeah, she's done a lot of B-movies where she's been topless, but she feels like she is still above porn. Yeah, she seems to know Wynorski pretty well mm-hmm. and has worked with him a lot and um, sort of gets how he ticks and how to try to get what she wants out of the experience of filming one of these movies. Yeah. I don't fully understand why she's worked with him so much. She mentions something about him making her feel special and he would call her over and over until she agreed to make a film. But considering how much tension there is, it still seems crazy that she would keep working with him. That was something I was wondering about. I mean, a lot of these B-movies, because they're so low budget, they seem like they must be somewhat of a labor of love. I mean, Wynorski and and other Sedaris end up making out pretty well because they're distributed so widely to Mm -hmm. TV and to uh, DVD markets to different countries. But I'm, I'm not sure if the actresses get paid very much. They're certainly not very much in the way of craft services or many other perks to being in this film. So I wonder what's in it for them. A chance to work, a chance to have exposure, a chance mm-hmm. to work on their craft. Is it paying their dues, exposing their breasts on screen until they get better roles, or am mm-hmm. I being too cynical about this? Some of them might have sort of cult following, so whenever they go to Comic-Con or whatever, I'm sure they have plenty of fans. I would like to do more research into this and see if there are any interviews with B-movie actresses who were okay staying on that level I just don't imagine that too many of them go from B-movie to A if they do enough of them. I feel like we've only scratched the surface of uh, our extended discussion on B-movies, but uh, the documentary we've been discussing is Papatopoulos, Mm -hmm. sort of a a week in the life of uh, Jim Wynorski, B-movie director. Extraordinaire. And um, (laughs) sort of a cult movie figurehead. That's on Netflix, streaming. It's streaming, it's out there. It is available. And uh, this has been a bonbon episode of Bonnie and Maude. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yorush. Thanks for listening.